back to Chew the Bible with your good friend Aaron. <clears throat> I'm in Jeremiah 23 now. Do 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 do. Figure I keep going. At least do one more before my own voice puts myself to sleep. I was just thinking on after reading Jeremiah 22 about just the fact that Jeconiah was called a broken pot, like a shattered pot that no one wants. And all this shame was on his family. And then it said that none of his descendants would rule on the throne, on the throne of David, or rule again in Judah. And it's just crazy that, yeah, then you fast forward to Joseph, the father, non-biological father of Jesus, um, but came from the bloodline of Jeconiah. So technically, Jesus came from a broken home. You got Mary. Uh, I can't remember that whole bloodline, but it was a pure bloodline, not tainted. I go, I can't remember where it does, the genealogy of Jesus. Yeah, If you go to Matthew chapter 1, it gives you the genealogy of Jesus. And uh, on both sides of his family, you can just Google the genealogies, right? Um, so you have the, that's crazy. This is a perfect example of Romans 8, how God uses all things. He works all things together for our good. So I don't know where Jack and I is, right? I personally would like to think that Jack and I didn't go to hell. I personally believe he's actually in heaven. That's like how I personally believe. I honestly believe only people that are in hell are people that actually want to be there. And they are. Everyone has an opportunity, like the thief on the cross, before they actually pass or cross over to like actually give their life to Christ, right? Anyway, this is my own theory. It's probably not doesn't theologically sound or any plan. There's probably some scriptures that could refute what I just said. But my main point is, Jesus had to come from a. We talk a, a lot of some pastors like to do sermons about. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, generational curses and breaking generational curses. Like if your dad was an alcoholic, your grandpa was an alcoholic, your great grand grandpa was an alcoholic, or um, just you name the sin or the disease or whatever, the curses that are on families, right? <clears throat> it all ultimately goes back to Adam and Eve, right? They introduced sin into the world and we all jacked up because of it, right? But yeah, so Jesus came from technically a broken, jacked up family. Oh, yeah, it's funny too. He's like, well, it's not quite that funny, but everybody, you could probably talk to just about everybody and they'll tell you that they have one side of their family that's like normal or it seems to be doing well, lives in nice houses, works regular jobs or has businesses and seems to be thriving. And, you know, every other word is an MF this and MF that, you know, they can actually use full sentences and they go to church and all that. And then you got the other side of family is just straight up ratchet and ghetto and yeah, rough. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking of all these things as I'm just, you know, marinating, chewing on this word that I just read in Jeremiah 22 about, yeah, Jesus coming from 
on one side of his genealogy. If you go back to even go read Genesis 38, the story of Judah. And that whole crazy story of rape and just taking advantage of uh, what was her name? Um, Tamar, however you want to say her name. Uh, just some jacked up stuff happened on that side of the family, on the side of Joseph. And here Jesus comes along and this there's this unification or this uniting of these two families, Joseph's lineage and Mary's lineage, the cursed side and the blessed side. And Jesus comes and he rectifies all that he restores it all. And there's a there's something beautiful about that in the reconciliation, the redemption of this bloodline through Jesus, and only Jesus could do it. That is a sermon in itself right there. Of rest- God is a God of restoration. He works, he truly does work all things together, the good, the bad, the ugly, all together for our good. And we wouldn't even be able to fully appreciate the life of Jesus, if he hadn't, I feel like we, if he didn't come from a broken family on one side, at least on one side of his family. I mean, both sides technically were cursed, the ultimate curse of Adam and Eve. Yeah, he took the curse when he died on the cross. He took the punishment that we all deserved by dying on the cross. But that's a whole deeper discussion for another day. I look forward to when we get to the New Testament. We're talking more and more about this, but ultimately, as I keep saying, as we read through the Old Testament over and over and over again, the Old Testament will always make more more sense and it will be more enjoyable. And it, it's way more powerful if you always look at it in light of Jesus, Jesus from cover to cover in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, that Jesus is the star of the show. He's the one that gets the glory. He's the star. Yeah, he's the reason for everything. We can't even have life. We can't even have anything to look forward to. He's our hope. He's our peace. He's our joy. He's what we... I'm banking my entire... Just like, I don't know, I guess they had a Powerball recently or something like that, right? Um, I didn't go buy a ticket or anything. It was tempting. I think it's one of the highest amounts it's ever been, right? There's people out there who probably took their entire paychecks. There's people that do this every day. They go, I take them, I take them to the casinos. I see it a lot. Being an Uber driver, yeah. There's people that will mortgage their house. They will take their entire checks and go to the casino. They'll gamble it to win millions of dollars, right? To win a Powerball. I'm gambling mine. Not, I'm not, I won't say use the word gambling. That's probably not the best word or analogy. But I am investing my entire life, you know, investing everything that I have in this belief that there is this invisible. He's invisible to me with my physical eyes. But I sense his presence every day when I go out of the house in just the smallest of ways. If I told you everything of how, yeah, some of y'all think I I was weird or something. But I know you cannot tell me that he's not real. 
And the more you spend time in his word, and the more time you spend in prayer, and the more time you spend in worship, the more he becomes real to you and reveals himself to you. And in like even the smallest ways, it's not always like these grandiose ways. And and where am I even going with this? Yes. There's a parable somewhere in the New Testament. He talks about the man who the pearl of great price. So like the one of the owl, the woman with the owl, the oil with the alabaster box that puts the perfume on Jesus before he dies, right? It was all it was her entire life savings was wrapped up in the alabaster box. That can actually came up in my counseling session. I feel like I'm all over the place right now. But what am I trying to say? Jesus. Jesus. We may not be able to see him physically with our own eyes right now and the world would demand a sign, you know, they want to so they want to see proof. He doesn't have to show us anything. One day, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord, and we will see him just as he has seen us and known us before we were even in our mother's womb. He knows us better than we know him. He will always know us better than we'll ever know him. Because he made us. He was here before us. All right. I'm done. Wow. I just went for nine minutes. All right. Jeremiah 23. The Lord and his sheep. Woe to the shepherd to destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. All right. I have to look. There was this dude in our house church. Well, he wasn't like actually a member of our house church, but he visited a few times. And his rap name was Dunamis Ray Ray. Let me see if he still has music. I don't see him on iTunes. Let me see here. Let's see if he's on Google though. But he had a line in one of his songs where he's like, Woe to the shepherds of the scattering sheep. And we used to like kind of joke about it. It was like a punchline in our church. Uh Dunamis. I used to have one of his CDs too. Dunamis Ray Ray. Dunamis is like a type of power too. So I know y'all can Google like more about Dunamis. Dunamis Ray Ray. There has to be at least one little. see anything online. I wonder what he's doing with his life. Uh, He does have a blog profile. Let's look at this real quick. Yep. His wife's name was Kimmy. Yep. I see him more here. Interesting. Interesting. Wow, this is funny. Yeah, good old Dunamis Ray Ray. And Dunamis, the forerunner, a.k.a. Ray Ray. I wonder what he's doing. All right. Woe to the shepherds of who's... <laughs> I can't even read this without wanting to wrap it. All right. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. This is the Lord's declaration. And therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the shepherds who tend my people. You have scattered my flock, 
banished them and have not attended to them. I'm about to attend to you because of your evil acts. This is the Lord's declaration. I will gather the remnant of my flock. God always has a remnant. From all the lands where I banished them, I will return them to their grazing land. They will become fruitful and numerous. I will raise up shepherds over them who attend them. They will no longer be afraid or discouraged, nor will any be missing. This is the Lord's declaration. Hmm. It's, if you are a pastor or in any type of position of leadership, this scripture should make you shiver a little bit. Just the high calling and responsibility that comes with being a, a leader. All of us have some type of flock that God has given. If you're a Christian, God has given all of us some type of like flock, whether it's one person or thousands of people. The righteous branch of David. Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When I will raise up a righteous branch for David. He will reign wisely as king and administer justice and righteousness in the land. Hmm, I wonder who this person is. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Or Yahweh Zidkenu. Zidkenu. That's one of God's many names. Jesus, yeah. Yahweh Zidkenu. I think that's how you say that. God is our righteousness, Jesus. Talking about Jesus once again. Look, the days are coming, the Lord's declaration, when it will no longer be said, as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the land of the north and from all the other countries where I have banished them, they will dwell once more in their own land. All right, next heading is false prophets condemned. Concerning the fault the Concerning the prophets, my heart is broken within me and all my bones tremble. I have become like a drunkard, like a man overcome by wine because of the Lord, because of his holy words. For the land is full of adulterers. The land mourns because of the curse and the grazing lands and the wilderness have dried up. Their way of life has become evil and their power is not rightly used because both prophet and priest are ungodly. Even in my house, I have found their evil. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, their way will seem like slippery paths in the gloom. They will be driven away and fall down there, for I will bring disaster on them the year of their punishment. This is the Lord's declaration. Among the prophets of Samaria, I saw something disgusting. They prophesied by Baal and led my people of Israel astray. Among the prophets of Jerusalem... Also, I saw a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers and none turns his back on evil. They are all like Sodom to me. Jerusalem residents. Jerusalem's residents are like Gomorrah. Mm, therefore, this is what the Lord, you know, like back then, I was like, I always say it was like, Amsterdam, uh, Nolens, and Sin City, aka Las Vegas, all multiplied times 10. 
Therefore, this is what the Lord of Armies says concerning the prophets. I'm about to feed them wormwood and give them poisoned water to drink. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. Or pollution. Verse 16. This is what the Lord of Armies says. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesied to you. They are deluded. They are deluding you. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. They keep on saying to those who despise me, the Lord has spoken. You will have peace. They have said to everyone who follows the stubbornness of his heart, no harm will come to you. Mm. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word, who has paid attention to his word and obeyed? Look, a storm Good question. A storm from the Lord. Wrath has gone out. A whirling storm. It will whirl about the heads of the wicked. The Lord's anger will not turn away until he has completely fulfilled the purposes of his heart. In time to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send out these prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. If they had really stood in my counsel, they would have enabled my people to hear my words and would have turned them from their evil ways and their evil deeds. Am I a God who is only near? This is the Lord's declaration. And not a God who is far away? Can a person hide in secret places where I cannot see him? Mm, you can't hide from God. The Lord's declaration. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth? The Lord's declaration. Verse 25. I have heard what the prophets who prophesy a lie in my name have said. I had a dream. I had a dream. <laughs> like Martin Luther King. How long will this continue in the minds of the prophets? Prophesying lies. Prophets of this deceit of their own minds. Through their dreams that they tell one another, they plan to cause my people to forget my name as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. God is serious about this Baal worship. The prophet who has only a dream should recount the dream, but the one who has my word should speak my word truthfully for what is straw compared to grain. This is the Lord's declaration. Is not my word like fire? This is the Lord's declaration, and like a hammer that pulverizes rock. Therefore, take note, I am against the prophets. The Lord's declaration, who steal my words from each other. I am against the prophets, the Lord's declaration, who use their own tongues to make a declaration. I am against those who prophesy false dreams. The Lord's declaration, telling them and leading my people astray with their reckless lies. I was not it was not I who sent or commanded them, and they are of no benefit at all to those people. This is or to these people. This is the Lord's declaration, man. All right, the burden of the Lord, verse thirty-three. Now, when these people or a prophet or a priest ask you, what is the burden of the Lord? You will respond to them, what is the burden? I will throw you away. This is the or what is the burden? <laughs> like sarcastically, it sounds like I will throw you away. This is the Lord's declaration. As for the prophet, priest or people who say the burden of the Lord, I will punish that man in his household. This is what each man is to say to his friend and to his brother. What has the Lord answered or what has the Lord spoken? But no longer refer to the burden of the Lord for each man's word becomes his burden. And you pervert the words of the living God, the Lord of armies, our God. 
Say to the prophet, what has the Lord answered you? Or what has the Lord spoken? But if you say the burden of the Lord, then this is what the Lord says. Because you have said the burden of the Lord, and I specifically told you not to say the burden of the Lord, I will surely forget you. This is interesting. I will throw you away from my presence, both you and the city that I gave you. And your fathers, I will bring on you everlasting disgrace and humiliation that will never be forgotten. Mm. All right, Tony, Tony, what you got to say? Take us home. Take us a bit. These shepherds were uncaring, faithless leaders of Judah. This is a reference to the coming of God's son, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will rule in righteousness for 1,000 years in his millennial kingdom. Talking about in verse 5. The righteous branch of David. The prophets referenced here were the liars who denied Jeremiah's message and lulled the people of Judah into a false security, even as the Babylonians marched toward Jerusalem. Just as the prophets of Samaria and the northern kingdom led Israel astray, so the prophets of Judah were so gross in their immorality that the Lord compared them to Sodom and Gomorrah. The prophets' assurances of safety of Judah were diametrically opposed to God's commands to repent if God's word clearly condemns your actions and someone assures you that no harm will come to you, you better find a new counselor. Otherwise, prepare to meet the wrath of God. His word is like a hammer that pulverizes rock. If you play a game of chicken with God's word on, on any matter, there's only one possible outcome for you, getting pulverized. God was tired of hearing the lying prophets try to authenticate their messages by saying the burden of the Lord as if it were a magic formula. God holds his word in high esteem. Lord, I just thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I just pray that thank you that you constantly speak to us and your word transforms our hearts. Help us to not be like these these prophets, priests, that were just took your word lightly, Lord, and, and basically made a mockery of it, Lord. Help us when we are convicted by anything, Lord. Help us actually um, obey and listen to your voice, Lord. And For those that you've placed under us to shepherd and lead, help us to not... It's so easy, Lord, to tiptoe around things, Lord, and to not be clear in our convictions and to be bold. I know at times in my own faith, Lord, I can be like Gideon, Lord, afraid. But you call Gideon a man of mighty valor, Lord. Help us, help us, God, to have boldness, Lord, and to be bold in the areas, especially just of personal, personal obedience, Lord, the areas of integrity that nobody can see. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts, we believe we are now in right standing with God. And with our mouths, we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray, amen. Lord Jesus, give me water. Singing Jesus, singing.